to another edition of the Unicorns podcast. This is a podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. We'll pick up any newspaper or log on to any news website, and you won't have to look far to see endless stories on the number of Australian businesses which are either struggling, going out of business, have gone into receivership, or have big problems with their balance sheets. It's a fact that as the economy stutters, more and more businesses start to face financial uncertainty. One of the interesting comments I saw earlier this year was from corporate lawyer Scott Taylor, who warned that the level of company distress in Australia in 2023 was going to match or surpass the GFC. Taylor David is an Australian law firm which specializes in helping small businesses, large corporates and governments. It's been recognised as a market leader in restructuring and helping with insolvencies and bankruptcy annulments. Scott Taylor is one of the partners of Taylor David and he joins me now. Scott, welcome to the program. Good morning, Justin, and thank you very much for having me. So, Scott, how did the firm get started? Taylor David was started off the the back of the global financial crisis of 2007 and 2008. Uh, I wanted to establish a specialty restructuring and insolvency practice um, because at that time, uh, many Australian firms, uh, they had commercial litigation departments which would dabble in restructuring and insolvency, um, but I wanted to create a practice with a point of difference being that specialist focus. And when did you begin your legal career? I started working in general commercial practice back in 2003. I was one of the final groups to complete my articles of clerkship uh, in Queensland before articles was abolished. So I was at that practice for seven years prior to starting Taylor David in 2010. So you're based in Brisbane, but I know you have clients all over Australia and internationally. So tell us about the work that Taylor David is doing and specialises in. I think it's important to understand any client's end game and work backwards from there. Uh, The individuals approaching us, uh, whether it be in their personal capacity or as a director, are often going through one of the most stressful periods of their lives. And it's not easy. Um, So we provide comfort and clarity uh, on what to expect and how best to guide through what are often uh, quite challenging circumstances. Our engagements, they really prioritise identifying a solution that gives the business or individual the best prospects of avoiding insolvency, um, and and that may involve uh, debt restructures, credit negotiation, or formal workouts using the voluntary administration process. Um, More recently, this year in particular, uh, we've been advising a lot within the mergers and acquisitions space, um, particularly across the resources, property and financial services sectors. So we do a lot of marrying up with those clients looking for opportunities in the distressed asset space with those clients who are distressed. You've touched on it briefly there. What, What sort of clients do you work with? We've acted for many of the 650 odd insolvency practitioners within Australia, those being liquidators, receivers, trustees, etc. We're engaged by those clients to pursue various actions, um, inclusive of insolvent trading um, and for breaches of directors' duties. Uh, On the flip side, uh, that puts us in a truly unique position to provide directors with practical legal advice 
on how best to mitigate any action taken against directors by an insolvency practitioner. In addition to Australian directors and corporates, uh, we've been engaged by government departments uh, and a number of uh, foreign investment funds as well. So you've run your eyes closely over the Australian economy in in recent months, particularly the first half of of this year. What are your general observations on what's happening out there and on current economic conditions? Justin, I mean, I'm no economist, but speaking from what I'm seeing practically, uh, the distress of inflation, increased enforcement by the ATO and financiers, uh, and rising interest rates are certainly all coming together um, and creating a, a bit of a perfect storm um, uh, affecting people quite significantly. So a lot of businesses, as you warned earlier this year, they're doing it tough. Um, so what what sectors in particular are you seeing that are, that are struggling, Scott? Uh, building construction certainly appears to be at the forefront. Uh, the increased cost of materials in circumstances where companies have fixed their fees from the outset, that's certainly contributed greatly to the financial distress of that particular sector. Uh, Otherwise, retail and hospitality appointments, they're certainly on the rise. Um, Again, I believe this comes down to consumers having a lower discretionary spend due to the existing economic climate. And are there any particular geographical areas uh, that are that are struggling, or is it or is it all over the place? What are, what are you seeing in terms of where uh, the distress is actually physically located? What parts of Australia? Yeah, geographically, a large portion of our work has been flowing from Victoria. Uh, a lot of this, I believe, has to do with the after effect of the extensive lockdowns during COVID. We have in the past months seen an increase in inquiry from Western Australia as well. That's interesting because because WA is obviously the focus of the, the resources sector in Australia. So do you, do you see that potentially with signs of distress that Perth is doing it a bit tough? Perth and, and Western Australia generally is, is very cyclical when it comes to appointments. Every five or six years, um, you'll see a bit of a spike in, in appointments and then um, the economy recovers. And A lot of that has to do with the global price of resources. In this particular instance, we've had a a, a record high iron ore price, which has been very supportive. Um, That, however, came off some time ago. Generally, the on-flow effects of that takes between um, one and, and three years to actually start impacting on the economy. So if you were to get out your crystal ball, Scott, what is the outlook for this sort of activity over the next 12 months or so? Uh, uh, can we can we expect some improvement or do you think it's actually going to get worse before it gets better? I'd like to say I expect some improvement, but unfortunately, I, I don't see the current economic situation changing uh, anytime soon. I think it's going to take some time. I mean, with the financiers and the ATO ramping up enforcement, um, I would certainly be expecting to see an increase in insolvency appointments across most sectors. Just um, you've, you've just touched there on the on the ATO. I know um, there was a period of leniency by the ATO, particularly during during COVID. But now that the the worst of COVID is behind us, what's actually happening with the, with the ATO and their enforcement protocols? You're right, Justin. There was a period where the ATO held off enforcement. Um, an extensive period of time. Now, what a number of businesses did 
um, as um, um, not all, but but certainly some, they simply didn't um, didn't pay any tax during that period, knowing that they wouldn't be chased. Now, a number of those tax debts are starting to pile up, and um, with the ATO, um, that debt just will never go away. Um, it's always going to be there. It needs to be dealt with. So the ATO ramped up their enforcement um, earlier this year, January, February this year, um, but it is still um, a long way off the numbers that we were seeing pre-COVID. But in my view, there are a number of insolvencies that should have happened through COVID that simply have not yet happened. You've got to remember the ATO is typically a creditor in, I would say, the majority of all insolvencies. Once they start their enforcement actions back to pre-COVID levels, um, it is going to force businesses to make some very tough decisions. And I, I suppose with the ATO, you can go on on payment plans, can't you? I suppose from their perspective, it would be recognise the debt that's owed and let's work out a way for this to be paid off over time. We, we've got many clients that are on existing payment arrangements, whether it be personally or, or through their businesses. The issue we've got for those those on payment plans, they've entered into them at a time before interest rates started creeping up and before inflation was where it was at. And, and all of these other e- external circumstances are all starting to um, apply a significant amount of pressure, which is really restricting these entities and individuals their ability to continue to make these payments. So times are tough. So let me ask you this, Scott. If, if a company is struggling, the books don't look good, sales aren't good, revenue's fallen off, the directors are probably thinking that there are limited options other than to either go into receivership or just you know close the doors. That's not entirely true, is it? No, no, it's not. Um, as I touched upon before, There are actually a number of financiers out there specifically looking for distressed assets. So whilst this may appear somewhat opportunistic, um, they can often result in a lifeline to struggling businesses to avoid insolvency. There are also many potential options available through debt restructuring and other credit negotiation. Um, The voluntary administration process can also free a company of all legacy unsecured debt and circumstances. Um, but directors don't know what they don't know, um, and, and we're here effectively to inform them of their options. So just on that, so what, what should directors be thinking about if they're faced with a financial scenario that doesn't appear to be salvageable? Is it your advice that you need to get in touch with a lawyer because they can talk you through the, the various disparate options? Absolutely. I mean, a lot of people seem to put their head in the sand and think that their problems will just one day go away. That often creates a greater deal of exposure. So proactively seeking advice um, is certainly what some uh, directors and individuals um, should be doing. There's nothing to lose by making a call um, to an insolvency lawyer to talk through this. Um, a lot of the time, there will most likely be options available um, that the director simply was not previously aware of that, that may um, resolve all part of the existing issues. So talking to an insolvency restructuring lawyer like Taylor David can often lead to a pathway or a solution out of the 
financial situation they face themselves. It's just that uh, the directors don't know where to go for that first step. That's right. I mean, it's just about being informed and educated on what options may be available. And many don't quite understand what options are out there uh, unless they talk to someone um, experienced in, in the industry. So bankruptcy in Australia has a certain stigma to it unlike the USA and other parts of of the world. Why do you think in Australia bankruptcy has such a bad name? Yeah, that, that's an interesting question, Justin. I think it's something deeply ingrained within the Australian culture. There appears to be a sense of anxiety for anyone having business dealings with a current or former bankrupt, anxious about whether that individual can be trusted effectively. This appears, in my view, particularly so for business leaders who have fallen from the top of their game and those in smaller and rural communities. And I suppose on the other hand, entrepreneurs abroad are sometimes praised for giving it a go and supported more so to get back on the horse than I think the Australian sort of culture permits. Um, of course, every financial demise is different. Some are reckless, others are entirely outside of the control of the individual. Financial troubles, you know, they're, they're not always caused by mismanagement. But unfortunately, the, the public doesn't discriminate. As I understand it, Taylor David advises on bankruptcy annulment. What, what exactly is that? Can you explain how bankruptcy annulment works, Scott? Yeah, an annulment is something many facing bankruptcy or, or existing bankrupts may not be familiar with. Um, it's effectively an option to end the bankruptcy much earlier than the standard three-year period. So typically, it involves making a proposal to creditors, uh, which will result in them receiving, um, that is, the creditors receiving more than if the bankruptcy uh, would continue. Have you worked on any prominent annulments over your legal career that you're happy to share that you can talk about? We have. Whilst I can't talk about those in any, any particular detail, I did act for Nathan Tinkler, the former mining magnate. Mm. His bankruptcy was successfully annulled a number of years ago. We also acted for Damien Griffiths, the Queensland-based hospitality entrepreneur, successfully annulling his bankruptcy. Well, final question to you, Scott. I, I imagine that calling a lawyer or a specialist lawyer is not one of the first things that company directors are thinking about. What's what's your message to, to those that might be listening who are facing some financial uncertainty around the, the state of the business? What, what's your message to them about the expert work that firms like yours can offer them? Um, I suppose picking up the, the phone is, is the first step um, and, and often the most difficult. It's really just about understanding options. So taking that first step, if that can be overcome, as I said earlier, there's nothing to lose. It may be the case that we can at the very least provide some certainty and clarity to mitigate the financial demise at the end of the day. And more often than not, also provide, if we're engaged by the director, provide some advice to the director on what personal exposures uh, they may or may not be facing. Certainly approaching us prior to pressing the button on making any appointment can well equip that director uh, with information on sort of their exposures and what is likely and um, how to best come out of the other side. Scott Taylor from Taylor David, one of the partners at Taylor David. Great insights. Many thanks for coming onto the show and all the very best for the future. Thanks for your time, Scott. Thanks, Justin.